Welcome to Agile Adventures, where we explore concepts, tips, and tricks that help your teams achieve their goals and dreams. Hello, all, and welcome to Agile Adventures with Brian Levy and Jacob Shore. How are you doing, Brian Levy? You know, it is a great, great air quality day in the Bay Area, so I'm doing pretty well. Ah, uh, praise the Lord. It's unseasonably we... cold here in Bay Chemish, which is awesome. So I'm doing very well, too. I love the background, by the way. Thank you. Thanks. I, you know, I thought I should do something that actually is somewhat somewhat has something to do with the actual location I'm in. <laughs> As opposed to like, you know, odd maybe I put, you know, at least for at least for once. Good. Good. Yeah. So what was our uh, what was our topic? Our topic was metrics for today, right? Yes. Our topic is how not to do metrics, right? That's right. Yes. So Here's what, right? What yeah. I see happen is I see a lot of managers who think that metrics are a good thing. And because they think metrics are a good thing, they look for, well, let me find some good metrics that other teams are doing. They uh -huh. go and get those, and then they use them for your team. Because those metrics are supposed to be inherently good. Well, obviously that that that's that's a surefire way to succeed. <laughs> are you are you, are you are you claiming you should use metrics that don't that haven't succeeded in the past? Well, I think that metrics in of themselves can provide information, but not all the information may be relevant to your situation. And so you have to pick the metrics that help give information about the, in, the subject area or the analysis that's important for you and your decision making. Uh -huh. Collecting metrics that other people have done, they give information about things that are irrelevant for your team, is, doesn't help you. And the time you spend collecting the metrics, you could have been doing something important like, I don't know, coding, right? Doing the work. Doing work, yes. Reminds <laughs> me of the of the old old chestnut. There are three types of lies, lies, damn lies, and statistics. Exactly. Exactly. Quiz, you, know, you, you know, you know who said that? No. It was it had to be a newspaper guy, right? So I believe that most people think it's Mark Twain, but I believe it was actually Benjamin Disraeli. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Or, or maybe it was it was Benjamin doing his best Mark Twain impersonation. I mean, he would have to be quite progressive for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the uh, the bad part 
I, I want to make a decision. There's certain criteria that I should be using to make the decision. Metrics give me information on that criteria. But again, it's uh -huh. only useful. The metrics are only useful if they tell you something about that criteria that you're using to make the decision. Okay. If they don't give you that criteria. You may be so, using to make the wrong so, decision. So this is a truism in the abstract. So let's maybe get an example. Like, meaning using bad metrics is not helpful is certainly a truism. So let's <laughs> let's get an example going. Like, what 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 is it that what is it like? People are looking at that makes no sense to look at. Like what 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 is a manager looking at today that is, you know, let's let's have an example. Like uh, you have a real life example, don't? Yeah, I have a real life thinking, example. You're probably thinking of something right now. I'm guessing. <laughs> right, I am. One of the most popular metrics um, that people actually pull out is the number of defects. That's and a med, so for what? The number, you know, I'm making something and how many times that I test it and come up with a defect, right? So just pure number of defects, quantity. Okay. <clears throat> Are we talking about a, a assembly line? Are we talking about uh, oh, a- shot. What? That either, but let's just say it's a software development shop. Okay. No, because assembly line like that would be a seems like that would be a very uh, like I could see that that would be a very like an assembly line. I think that is a very um, like uh, germane metric is like defects are things you're throwing out. Yeah. Um. However, if I'm trying to make a decision on something, you'd think that it would be a great metric. However, I've had I've had a case where there were a lot of defects in the past, and they fixed they used that that defect information to figure out things that were wrong, correct it, and got their defects to a level they thought was tolerable, but low, right? Um, so they're willing to accept it. So they're not doing any more improvement efforts. They accept this level of defects, which is really low. Uh-huh. Now, does counting the number of defects, does it actually help you? Well, as long as you stay at that low level of defects, you need to count it to make sure you maintain that level. Why? So if the number of defects doubles, Aren't you going to know? <laughs> do, I, do I really um, need to spin up effort counting it now? I mean, what... like, you said it as if, it, as if it's obvious. <laughs> but uh, but no, like, I, I'm not sure you would know. Like, I feel like some people have their heads so far up, um, up a chimney uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, for the kids um that like no they wouldn't know they would only know if they actually had some like thing where it was like oh uh yeah 
you've doubled your defects. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that in most areas, if you know, say the developers are the ones making the uh, or testing and getting the defects, um, that you know, yeah, maybe they it may be hard if it's distributed amongst all the individuals randomly, <laughs> but in most cases, <laughs> take it for like. You testing your, your code and you come up with a thousand defects this sprint, I think you're gonna recognize it. And I think that goes double for if, for their whole job is testing. If if they don't know, you should fire them. <laughs> yeah, I I like you know, I sympathize with what you're saying. <laughs> But there's a lot of there's a lot of underlying problems here that like that like that like meaning like there's there's like there's not there's not you're, you're putting out more than one problem. Like one is the fact that um, that yeah that that sometimes people are, are are using the wrong metrics, and then you're, there's another where there's like a tension between you know making data driven decisions. And like just like being aware, you know, and 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 a sentient being, right? Like a lot of times, like people are like think that a day during decision means like, yeah, I determine in advance like what my uh, what my metrics are gonna be. I track those, and if the if I if I optimize for those, I'm good. And if not, then uh, you know, then like, then uh, then I'm then I'm not good. And like, you know, and there's like, you know, and yes, there is like a like, oh, you do actually have to then go and like, you know, gauge. Yeah, but are, is your is your factory burning? And if you forgot to like put that on your metrics, you maybe should you maybe should like you know. Maybe we should check that too. Are you intentionally muted? Sorry about that. I, I accidentally hit it by accident. Um, but I, I actually think that if uh, if the biggest decision I was making was about whether my process was working or I needed to change it, I figured out that I needed to change it. I changed it. I got the metrics to say it worked. I no longer need to carry that metric because now I'm working on a different decision. I, I, I fixed the, the defect problem. Now there's some other problem I'm working with. Maybe the time it takes to make the defects. Maybe it's whether or not a design decision is important. But I, I've moved on to a different decision. So carrying on the same metric forever probably isn't going to help me because I'm making a different decision now. So I should collect some different metrics. So people act as though metrics should stay on forever. And I'm like, metrics should be temporary. Okay. I have a problem I'm making a decision on. Once I fix the problem, I don't need that metric anymore. Get the metric that's going to help you make some other decisions for the next problem. <laughs> you should be switching what you're collecting 
Okay, so and, like, but what, what couldn't you make? Couldn't you make the same argument by unit tests? Like, okay, like, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, like the fact that you're aware that there might be a regression, why shouldn't you keep keep uh, keep collecting metrics? Well, and what people do in the testing world is they'll say, "Hey, I'm the frequent run my automated tests should be." inversely proportionate to the probability of me actually finding an error in this location. So if the error rate drops in a certain location, so I feel like that area is less risky, safer, then I reduce the amount of times that I run tests in the area. Yeah. And okay. Maybe the area where I'm more likely to get defects, every commit, I'm running those unit tests. Uh-huh. Okay. But you, but, but you were arguing for stopping the red metrics altogether. Yes. Okay. That's slightly different because in one case you just, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it's not the unit tests are running every time, but eventually. You know, like yeah, you're not. You know, eventually at some point you're going to see if, if if there's if there's regression. Whereas here, if you don't take metrics, it's possible that you will just have regression and it'll fall through the cracks. Maybe but it shouldn't, but it's possible. Nuance, right? Um, and the, the nuance in my my metric belief system here is that there are different types of metrics that you should use and I, I divide them into categories of success metrics and then operational metrics success metrics are the metrics that overall judge whether or not your endeavor is being completed in a manner that allows you to obtain the goal okay and success metrics in that category i'm always going to look and actually um Keep those metrics going because I'll until I reach the goal, I always want to know if it's a success. Okay, second, operational metrics and operational metrics are metrics that give you information about how, how operations are going, right? Most of those operational metrics, I want to gather data to help me make informed decisions. Um, based on the decisions I'm gonna I'm gonna make, and so most of those uh, operational metrics, I'm gonna be moving around. Right. I'm, okay. I'm keep... So you're you're saying if it's gonna like if it's gonna like bring down your business, you should keep running metrics on it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So look that that because like I'm thinking like yes like so like the the example I gave of like yes. You may like you know you may want to despite the fact that you've moved on to bigger decisions, you may want to like you know keep your fire alarms on in your in your factory. That would be a success metric, right? If your factory burns down, you're probably going to fail. Failure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So my my example was less than ideal. Yeah. So you're you're okay. So we're not talking about like uh, yes, like you know about metrics about like, yes, is, is your machinery working? Is your, or does your code run and some of that? We're talking about, have we optimized uh, 
have we optimized things? Well, we're talking about what I care about really is the risk level. So the riskier is, um, especially to cause failure, <laughs> or I'm going to, to um, instrument it to get information to let me know that we're not failing. Uh-huh. There's a there's a, a wide range of what those risks are and how many you should tolerate. There, there's some things that are so risky, the impact is so big that yeah, I'll have metrics on it forever. Because you know, if I'm running a nuclear power plant, you know, I it's kind of a big deal that if something leaks. <laughs> yeah, so you know. If like if certain things overheat, you may want to like you know, they want to have like a like a like a lever you pull. That's right. That's, you may want an alarm to go off to pull the lever. I think that's Homer Simpson's job is a uh, to sit and uh and push the button, pull the lever, to make sure the plant doesn't explode. Hopefully, you don't hire Homer. But <laughs> yeah, you, you but... do want to. Yeah. Get... Yeah, because the outcome, the, the impact is so big, right? And this is where I go back to my uh, my formula where I always multiply. I, you know, I do it on a scale of 1 to 10, and I multiply the impact. For, for some of these things, the impact is so big that your metrics will be up forever, right? But yes. for other, the impact is much smaller. If the impact is smaller and the... Um, the probability that it, occur, it occurs is small, then maybe I don't actually collect the metrics on it at all. You, you got to put your attention towards, you know, whatever the highest priorities are. And your budget for uh, doing metrics is only so big. <laughs> yeah, the problem with metrics that is it's so cheap. Like, you get data dog, right? And you're just like, yeah, it's just like a line, you know, like, yeah, eventually, you know, like you're already paying the monthly, whatever it is. And then it's like, okay, it's just a line of code here, line of code there. Eventually, like your entire code base looks like it's a logging uh, code base. But yeah, like, you know. But I'm glad you brought that up. I, I think that the cost in the metrics is where the fallacy kind of inserts itself. And you're right, like for you get data to. Like you get all these metrics for free, basically. But here's the thing. The cost of the metric isn't just the acquisition cost. It should also include the analysis cost, which requires Jacob intervention to, to analyze it. And again, every hour you're not analyzing it, I mean, you're analyzing this data, is an hour you're not coding. Right? So there's an opportunity cost associated with building the product. So now, I don't want to look at every metric. I don't want you analyzing every metric, right? I only want you looking at the ones that are most important for the decisions that we have to make. It's going to have the biggest impact for the product. And all the rest of them, I want to forbid you from looking at them all. <laughs> forbid me, yes. You can spend more time doing that and, and reduce your coding time in half. You know me too well. <laughs> Uh-huh. What good does that do us? So, again, we, we look at the total. Because I, because 
Because I'm the one who's going to find what everyone else has been missing in the numbers, man. <laughs> yeah, but only, again, you're, you're hoping that if you comb through all the stuff, then you'll find that diamond in the rough that's going to make make it worth the time. But that, that reminds me of that old joke of, you know, the police officer seeing the old man outside by the street post, the lamppost, looking around. So, you know, he asked the guy, hey, it's four o'clock in the morning. What are you out here uh, looking around this lamppost for? And the guy, old guy says, well, I lost my wallet. And the uh, police officer says, well, where'd you lose it? He says, over there in that dark alley. And so he, the police officer asked the guy, well, why are you over here by the lamppost? And the old guy says, because the light's better. Right? That's when I uh -huh. cue the drum pump. pump. Yes. Um, so no. But, you know. <laughs> oh, man. But, the... <laughs> but where should we look for this stuff? Do we look, when we look for errors, look for something going wrong? In the places that are most likely and have the biggest impact of things going wrong, or do we look for the lights better? We get all these other met, we get all these easy metrics from Datadog, so we're just gonna analyze it because we got it, <laughs> even though you know the lights better over here with the data, even though we lost our wallet, all the in that dark alley and that and that code, that legacy code that was written. 30 years ago, but the person that you you talked to about his coding practices and he didn't follow your advice and coded it the wrong way. Right? Isn't that where the error is more likely? Um all the metrics from the new area, he wrote it. <laughs> yeah. So like so yeah, so what you do is you just like go through that guy's code and instead of like bothering to like read it at all, you just like log it up like you just like you just put logs everywhere and then you're just like, eh, I'll check out later and see what happens. I'll just I'll just check out all my stack traces. Like it's way easier than like trying to figure out what this Meshuggah was thinking. I, I had this concept. That I call bubble wrap. So you know, I'm gonna ship stuff out to my. I'm gonna ship my the fine china and and dinnerware to my mom. I want to make sure it's not gonna be broken. So yeah. I put up bubble wrap there to absorb the impact during shipping, and nothing breaks. Yes. And I look at s and metrics as bubble wrap. Right, they kind of protect the, the. You wrap it around the code, right, and you make sure that as you're shipping it, you're messing with it, you're changing it, it doesn't get broken in the process, right? The uh -huh. the closer that um, you're actually touching it, and the more you touch it, the more you actually put things like toward the automated test in. Now the unit, automated unit test in, so you get that really fast response. And as you get less and less risky, you can actually use go away from unit to, you know, to doing more of your acceptance tests to uh, to get metrics. Right. It still provides like that level of protection, 
it's just it's not as good as the uh, the firm bubble wrapping, right? That gives you that instant response, instant cushion, but it does provide some protection. Right? Peanuts, peanuts. <laughs> right, the, the peanuts, your styrofoam stuff. No. Yeah. Paper. Yeah, that confetti, that annoying like confetti, like yeah. you know. So I hear what you're saying. But yeah, I, well, they don't they don't look at it from a risk perspective. And if you don't look at it from a risk perspective, then you're just again you're you're the old man. You're looking where the light is because it's easier, but not necessarily where we think the area is where you think you dropped the wallet. What do you think? Yeah, so like, um, it works. The only thing, the only thing is like a lot of times, like it's like, oh, you know, like there's a these errors are like, are like. You know, like they're like, um, you know, like they're like stuff like race conditions and stuff. Right. So like, you just like, so like, it's like, yeah, could you, could you figure out what the race condition would be? Yeah, you could do that. Like it would take a while. You'd have to like sit there and like, you know, comb over all the code and like try to figure it out. But like, if you could just if you just add a couple logs in there and then see a stack trace, like and then get that all back in data dog and like you know, century maybe you're golden, man. And you save yourself a lot of hard work. See, I I think we approach getting metrics from the wrong direction. Many of us look at what's available for us to get and then try to slice off stuff in that menu. And I call that the, the buffet effect, right? And the problem with the buffet effect, the buffet effect, you know, it makes us feel good. You pay a cheap price, you go to the buffet, you can get what you want. The problem is um, if the buffet doesn't have the stuff that you need. Right? Or you want, in the case of buffet. Yeah, then, then, like, you know, yeah, it was cheap, but you still wasted your time at the buffet. You're still going to have to go somewhere else. Like, you went to an Asian food buffet, but you wanted a waffle. <laughs> or you, you, went to a, you went to a buffet at the Mongolian Grill, and you're, you're a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. Then you're like, just an idiot. <laughs> they, they got stuff at the Mongolian Grill that to, to feed the other stuff, <laughs> but your vegetarian options are limited, right? You even go. It's a waste yeah. of time. You, but, you, you know. eat some of the egg rolls. <laughs> like, hey, look, yeah, you know, we we're approaching the wrong way. Don't don't look at what's at the buffet, because you may be at the wrong buffet. Figure out what you want to eat, right? Figure out what the risk is, and then figure out how you're going to get metrics in your situation the best way to make the best decision. And if it happens that, you know, you can use a buffet, cool, but think about what you want and then choose a buffet. Don't get the buffet and then just start picking off of it, right? 
Because it may not have what you need. And if you're vegetarian and you go to my going grill, maybe also get your head checked. <laughs> it's, it's a matter of people taking the wrong approach, right? Yes, you think you think you need a Montgomery grill, but you really need Risperdal. <laughs> and some good drugs. <laughs> Is Risperdal not a good drug? I don't know. I mean, you know, like depends on what depends what your symptoms are, right? Exactly, right. <laughs> but yes. again, but this whole this dichotomy of we weren't um, recording at the whole the whole session about the drugs, but the the, the drug companies. So you know, it's like an inside <laughs> joke, I guess. But you know. But yeah, my my big thing is that we, you know, we got to take the approach of metrics give you information to make a decision. So you should figure out what decision you need to make, and then what information you need, and go from that direction rather than what we tend to do, which is say, well, what, what metrics are available and what information could they possibly give us? Because even when they do provide us information that may be useful, and even though it may be cheap, if we don't get the other information that we need to make a decision, then it skews our decision-making anyway, right? And you know, we want to definitely well, what I mean by this. Yeah. But I mean, listen, we all screw our decision making in a, new, in a myriad of different ways. So why should why should we why should, why should we expect anything better? Well, I, I think we have to strive for something better because if we get the wrong information, we'll make the wrong decision. Uh-huh. Right. If if you know, you know, earlier we were joking about uh, you know, well, I won't bring up a different situation. I, I'm I'm trying to decide on a restaurant to go to, um, to to get the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I want, right? And yes, I I got some some statistics on a one, some really good feedback. This is like one of the best restaurants for soup. And hey, there do, are, soup. are there restaurants that you can order peanut butter and jelly? Is that a thing? Oh yeah, it, it is a thing. Really, like, 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 how good could it be? I mean, it's peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> you would be surprised. I I had a gourmet peanut butter and jelly sandwich the other day. It was like the best one I've ever had. Maybe the it best was, one you ever had. Did it taste not like peanut butter and jelly? <laughs> it was it was like an an eight dollar peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay, you know, you know, you know that thing with like uh, park, like that, like show park trip and, and recreation where the guy like they had like this like burger like competition, and like oh, yeah. one guy like, did like a turkey burger and he's like did like this whole thing they're, like oh wow this is like amazing and then the other guy's like yeah here's like a burger with beef <laughs> and here <laughs> if you want if you want ketchup and mustard here you go. <laughs> hey like, i just had i had a four dollar cupcake yesterday and I, I tell you it was a it was the best cupcake i've ever had in my entire life okay but like if you could choose that or like a steak 
You eat a steak, right? I eat a steak, yeah. Yeah, like I would, and I would probably like take like a two dollar burger over that four dollar cupcake. <laughs> well, see, here's the, here's what I think people do wrong. I think people sometimes will choose the uh, the the two dollar a burger or even a one dollar burger that doesn't really taste good, <laughs> doesn't satisfy you. Instead of actually saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm taking this because it's, it's available and it's right here in this vending machine. But even though I really wanted that steak, it's really going to nourish me. But it's way over okay. there. As, a, as someone who keeps kosher, a $1, a $1 burger, like, uh, is just like, yes, it is obviously made out of soy and will not, and, will, and it is of no interest to me. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, overall, I think Scrum and Agile is about more about being effective, doing Lady the right burgers. thing, versus what people actually look at, doing things effectively, making things uh, more efficient. Because you can you can make some crappy decisions and be really efficient at making them. What do you want is you making the right decision. Uh huh. It takes you longer and costs you more. Oh, I think I saw like the Elon Musk went on a whole thing about this. About how like the biggest, uh, says like the, the biggest, uh, the biggest mistake that smart engineers make is optimizing things that shouldn't exist. There you go. He's obviously been watching our podcast. Yes, yes, <laughs> obviously, yeah. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. I take I take full credit for SpaceX. <laughs> so if you're gonna if you're gonna sue him for slander, <laughs> there you go. Go to Jacob, not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think that. No, no the, the 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 idea the idea here is is like, uh, you know, if, if you, as as somebody who comes from, who 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 knows a lawyer or two, yes, the idea the idea is always that yes, if you get if you're gonna make a clay a false claim about someone, you want to make it so ridiculous that like uh, no one will ever claim you were serious. <laughs> But yeah, the, the, the idea behind this, again, is it's, uh, I think many people have the, the focus efficiency, where the focus should be on effectiveness first. And if you have your focus on efficiency, well, operational metrics tell you if you're efficient, so you'll get more of those. But really, your focus should be on being effective. And so uh, success metrics describe whether you're effective or not. It's a deep stuff, right? I feel like this 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 goes back somewhat to that to that 
that issue with the Harvard, uh, Harvard Business uh, thing that we were like, uh, that we were like uh, tearing apart beforehand about the operational effectiveness versus strategy. Uh, yes. It does come out time. If you're collecting more operational metrics, you're assuming that the processes that you're using are going to give you the right result. And I just need to figure out if we're doing those processes in the best way. Yes. Okay, so here's how we should put it in a more blunt way. Mm -hmm. if, if, you're, if you're the person who is, who is, who is, who is mulling over uh, op operational metrics that have ceased to be relevant, then you are the Lilliputian that needs to be led by the strategy people in uh, for, from Harvard. <laughs> All right, so now I'm going to say something really controversial in the agile world. But you're doing agile, sprint, right? Most yep. people, when they do this stuff, they do all the events, they'll do daily, you know, stand up and they'll do uh, sprint planning. I think that they'll go the, home and suck. <laughs> sorry, what, what were you going to say? The, the scrum event that they take least seriously is the sprint review. But here's the deal. Overall in Scrum, you're really focused to try to figure out if you're producing something of value. The only event in which you talk to your stakeholders to get information about whether you, what you produce is valuable is the sprint review. It's the only one that tells you whether you're being successful or not. So you could do all the other events, get all metrics on that stuff and get more effective, I'm sorry, more efficient in how you're actually doing your, your, your manufacturing, your coding, what have you. But if you're efficient, but you're doing the wrong stuff, the only event that tells you whether or not you're doing the wrong thing is the sprint review. And if you're, you're doing the wrong stuff, no matter how efficient you are, if none of your customers want to buy it, it's all wasteful, and you'll go out of business, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I, I remember what's the what's the? I thought is that the retrospective or is that something else? Front review is where you information from the customers. The retrospective is when you look at the process itself. Right? Oh, okay, fine. So spur review is when you speak to customers. Okay. Yeah. I get confused. There's so many of these things. Uh... You get confused because if, you, if you're in, a, in an organization that's actually talking to real customers, you know the sprint review because it'll be a big deal because you got real customers in. Most organizations never talk to real customers. <laughs> oh, no, but I'm saying they do, but they just say they... they... They don't have them on the sprint review. They just have the like customer success people on the sprint review. Yeah, that's like that. 
it's marginally helpful to go through an interpreter and play the, that telephone game. <laughs> okay, but like, what if you're like a, a company with like, with like a thousand customers, had them all in the sprint review? Like, have you? So, what I do, and you do this in your personal life, you, you may not talk to anyone, everyone, you'll get a representative from that area. And you'll say, hey, maybe I talk to these three or five people and they represent all the rest of the whole thousand. Right? Then you go end up getting information from that, the small representatives. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You know, you, you want to know what doctors think about the pandemic. So you go figure, pick out a couple doctors and ask them their opinion. And you say, oh, all right. Man. Represents the uh, the whole field of doctors, right? Representative sample. Mm. Do this in every other aspect of life. <coughs> just not at work. Not me. I just, I just, I just, just I just assume everyone likes me. <laughs> I forget everyone else's opinion. I like, not want their opinion. I'll give it to them, right? Exactly, yeah. But my point being, again, the really what we got to be doing is picking out what important metrics are. And a lot of the metrics, you know, we we end up grabbing, they're not important. We shouldn't even, we should just get rid of them, right? No, they're not important. They're just there. They're there. We, uh-huh. we got to pick what's the most important. So I, yeah, if I'm going to know if my customers like my product, you know, but they recommend it to other people, then maybe I actually get more net promoter score metrics where I'm actually asking them, hey, do you like my product? And would you recommend it to someone else? And maybe I'm collecting more of those, more than I'm actually even looking at velocity. Right? What's like, velocity? So velocity is the the average number of story points that you've completed in the past. Most people actually make it oh, easy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, how much you're... Okay. So, yes, average. So, yeah, the, the amount of uh, stories and spread stuff. And kind of people use the number of defects. Um. And count those. I'm like, hey, you know what's more important for me? I rather look at the running tested features. So let me know if I know out of all the automated tests I have set up to look at my product, what percentage of those are actually passing? Uh-huh. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I want to know okay. how, many, how, how much our system works. Make our makes our customers happy. Okay. I feel like I feel like this. There's no there's no more I feel like we've gotten to the point where yes, I can no longer argue that you should not try to figure out what works. Have I I've beaten you into submission? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty can't much. Do <laughs> I've like run out of like things to like I've run out of like, you know, like things to like like devil. 
I mean, you know, give me an hour or so and I'll come up with more. But like, yeah, I like I've read out of like, you know, devil devil's advocate, uh, you know, uh, you know, rabbit holes to go down. <laughs> yeah, this, like, like this, what like at this point I have to like argue like like you know, once we've once I mean the only thing is like, yeah, it's a little bit of a like uh, you know, like it's a bit of a truism, but like, yeah, like like, you know, like I'd have to literally argue, like, no, you should look at things that don't make a difference. <laughs> you know. Uh yeah, like you know, so yeah, um, this is a, it was interesting about this is that I don't know, you've experienced, I haven't seen a great many number of organizations take a risk-based approach to their metrics. Like most people I know, they just start grabbing things that they seeing people grabbing other organizations well it's a hard thing to like uh the amount of uh like yeah it's a hard thing to do like you have to like actually especially if you're not getting uh like a lot of live feedback you know so like how do you know what's successful and what's not successful like what's you know like you have to sort of like you have to start somewhere, so you're going to go with, uh, you know, where the lamppost is. <laughs> so if you know you lost your, your wallet in the back, like, usually we're not talking about someone who lost their wallet, and the, they know they lost it in the dark alley, and, uh, and you know, they just look at the lamppost, like, you know, like the old man. Usually it's like, yeah, it's possible that it's somewhere around here. Now... The question is, okay, so should you look there first because it's lighter? Yeah. When do you know when you've exhausted that possibility? You start looking at the dark alley. So, so I, your argument this, would be no, you shouldn't, you should, you should have first been looking, figuring out where it is you should look. You shouldn't have been saying, oh, I can look here really easily. But, uh, but like, yeah, no, I've, but like, Obviously, there's a continuum somewhere where it's like, yes, if you if you have the metrics you need and they're easy to find, instead of doing a whole, uh, you know, a whole, uh, a whole, um, you know, diagnostic across your whole system to see if it, to figure out where you should start looking, just look, you know, if it's like right there, you should just look at it. So it's just a question of. How much time do you do you spend seeing if the metrics are just right there? Right. Well, like, the, the counterpoint to this is I'm kind of saying I would rather you think about this up front and then you can make the decision on if there are metrics already that will help you know where to look or if you need to create new metrics. It, it, yeah. You know, do that. Of course. Uh, we'll just yeah, but like, but there's like a there's like a, a cost to like actually like getting together in teams and like planning something out, right? Like if it's yes. like just if it's just like oh here you let's just go take a quick quick look at Datadog and see if there's anything that jumps out at you. Like I don't know, like that seems like a reasonable thing to do, right? No. Yeah, you you just like Datadog. <laughs> no okay you know there's a bunch of different things to do but like yeah but uh you know like you could just like 
whatever, whatever you're using to monitor your, I mean, I am sponsored by yeah. Datadog, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Broad but, team, uh, yes, they do give me a lot of free shirts every year. <laughs> Apparently like I, we do ask for cheap. We do it for shirts. <laughs> like I just saying, like, you know, you want, if you want to, if if you wanna if 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 you wanna gain my loyalty, just buy me a bunch of t-shirts. Uh, you know. Anyways, uh, yeah. So like, yeah. If you have some sort of or a new relic, you know, a new relic is also like okay, you know, like sometimes, it, yeah, it does make sense to like get together a group and like actually determine like, well, what data do we need? But if it's like, oh, we're like experiencing some. Uh, some issues with, uh, you know, heavy server loads. Well, like, I don't know, like, see if you have some sort of, uh, see if you have any, uh, you know, like uh, N plus one blog stuff, like log queries, you know, like usually you could just quickly see that in any, in any data aggregation uh, platform worth their weight, and whatever it is. So I, I I think that we're uh, you were having such a hard time actually finding a the, the devil's advocate view that you ended up taking my view because <laughs> what you just said is like hey I still need to think about what decision I'm making then I can go and see what the data is available you know as I'm making that decision and there might be something it may not be the data you want it per se but it might be something that exists that gives you some of the data that will be helpful. And I might, if I see it and it's easy to get to, settle for that rather than the optimum data that would cost me a great deal of money to get or, or a great deal of effort. And I think that's reasonable. Right? Oh, okay. And I'd argue for the same thing. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know it, again you, you still have that the context of the decision made first so that you know when you comb through new relic what data they're giving you that would be useful oh oh you're like talking about oh okay i was just this whole time we we're talking apples and oranges i was like thinking of like yeah like uh you're just saying like don't just look at all the metrics that you automatically have in your dashboard. Right. I got it now. Because you're doing that, like, again, the likelihood that so many yeah, metrics. the likelihood that it's there. Okay, yeah, it never dawned on me. That's what people do. <laughs> it, it all the time. I, I, I know. I'm sure they do. Like, I just, like, I guess, like, whenever someone asks me to do something, I never, like, it never dawned on me that, like, I would just, like, go there and like look at like whatever stuff they're just automatically vomiting at me and like okay fine wow i'm glad that we had this little chat <laughs> i totally <laughs> misunderstood what you're saying the whole time okay well again when you when you look at like it's no wonder that companies have the problems that they have that we have the bugs that we have because you're not looking for the right stuff so wait, like, what do people do once they go to this the the default dashboard in New Relic and find a bunch of 
a bunch of line charts that looked like that looked like uh, you know looked like someone with a with a heart rate from you know someone who's on death doorstep. Uh, like, what do they do? Like, they like, oh well, now that I have all this data, what? That's a great question. Now, there are a lot of people that are semi reasonable, and I say semi because when they find that chart that looks like the uh, someone's heartbeat, they recognize that something's wrong in that area. They'll investigate why it's a heartbeat and what it should look like, and then they try to fix it. And that. The reason I say semi-reasonable, because that sounds reasonable on the surface, but what if that problem that they found is insignificant in the grand scheme of things, right? Yeah. It, you're, you saw the problem that cost 10 cents every quarter. You're, you're solving the problem about uh, how many pencils got stolen from the supply cabinet, right? And, you know, That's you're, not you're, called stealing. They're there for my use. <laughs> Go it, on. The total budget for the pencils for the whole year is a hundred bucks. <laughs> so you did a whole bunch of analysis on a hundred bucks, right? One, one hour of you doing the analysis basically sacrificed the uh, savings for the pencils <laughs> for the I whole mean, year. Yeah. Maybe I mean maybe we should get paid less. Yeah. <laughs> right. When there there was a problem with the architecture that may cost us like millions of dollars a year. Um, say you, you didn't choose uh, a I'm easy, getting it now. Okay. Yeah. Easy, maybe I should power BI. I, should... <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Right. And you're saying now, people go there, they just they they I mean, they're going. You mean people who just look at metrics for no reason other than to look at metrics? Um, they, they think it, you know, again, metrics are a good thing. So I, I just start looking at them, right? And they yeah. may not be. Oh, look okay. I don't look at metrics unless I have a problem. <laughs> well, my thing is that anyone who just looks at metrics like that, they've got a problem. <laughs> Yes, yes. No, like I say, like it could be that other people, their job is like look at the metrics and like figure, like get to like monitor these things. Like, yeah, I, I'm just not. That's just not my role. Like, so yeah, I, I've never, I've never come across it. Like, if I'm already looking at all the metrics, I'm already like, okay, fine, yeah. But I, I could see how there could be people who that's what they do. They look at these metrics, and their job is like, okay. I, I had a little bit of a reorientation there because of the whole, yeah, okay, good. I now understand what our entire conversation was about for the past hour. <laughs> I'm glad you got there because now it's time for our show to end. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, like I was like, yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, see you next time on Agile Adventures. <laughs> okay.